Smartcast. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. As Roger Smith RSVP'd yet? Wall Street. I went to Wall Street to get seriously rich, but I didn't get rich. Hollywood Boulevard. I went to Hollywood to be a movie mogul. I didn't become a movie mogul. Washington, D.C. The president and Mrs. Ford have invited us down to Palm Springs. He's been but there. I love the entertainment business. Done and that. Being hired by a company called Carol Co. Pictures. And that. It was the night before Ronald Reagan was inaugurated. And just about everything else you can imagine. But I thought of myself as somebody who was a double agent. He knew a lot of famous My people. experience with Orson Welles. Barbara Streisand. How can you possibly hang out with that low-life Frank Sinatra? And now he's talking. Of that, I was invited to some fancy dinner. This is the podcast, Who the F*** is Roger Smith? But my real goal was to have an interesting life surrounded by interesting people, and at that, I succeeded beyond my expectations. In this episode, Roger is giving away money. The Atari video game business is throwing off a lot of cash, and Roger is doing the tossing. But not to everyone. And if he has to go to a charity dinner, he wants good company. The PR lady who was running the event showed me the list and said, who would you like to have seated next to you? And I looked at the list and I said, well, this is easy. Catherine Deneuve. <laughs> That's who I would like. Before he may or may not dine with Deneuve, he's got to get used to being a philanthropist. Turns out, big surprise, he's always wanted to be one. One of the many careers that I've been able to have was as a philanthropist. I was about 12 years old when I heard a comedian tell a joke about a class of seventh graders who were asked what they wanted to be when they grew up. And most of them gave the usual cowboy, astronaut kind of answers. But one kid said he wanted to be a philanthropist. And the teacher was very interested and said, tell me, Johnny, why do you want to be a philanthropist? He said, because they're all so rich. And I had the great advantage, thanks to my corporate role at Warner, to be a philanthropist without the nuisance of getting rich first. And so I was able to experience the pleasure of intelligent philanthropy, carefully thought out, I believe. Actually, one of the first projects we did, which was truly exciting to me, and I think meaningful, was the Kennedy Center had just begun honoring five distinguished people a year as the great contributors in getting, giving the Kennedy Center Medal for the Arts. And the original people, they at this point had named 20 people. And my thought was that we would do an oral history. We would get them in a room and, and uh, get them to record their thoughts, et cetera, for, for posterity. And we were able, with not a lot of money, I mean, I think maybe $100,000, to get down 
19 of the 20 initial honorees. And this included Leonard Bernstein and Aaron Copeland. It included uh, great names from, from the theater, the arts, etc. The only person who sadly died before we were able to record him was Richard Rogers. And I tried to explain to the board, which included some retired executives and, and, and people who had, you know, not the focus that I wanted them to have on the, on the arts, but a more generalized interest in culture. I said, we don't want to, for instance, we're not going to give $500,000 to put on a, a new production of uh, La Traviata that doesn't advance anything. We want to do things that create new activities that underwrite things that wouldn't otherwise happen. I mean, an example of what isn't philanthropy was a woman very well connected to a senior executive at the company came to me and she wanted $50,000 for the Big Apple Circus. And I listened and I said, look, you're not a charity. You're a nonprofit. You are basically a contribution that I would make to the Big Apple Circus would mean that instead of paying $40 a ticket, these are 40 years ago numbers, the people who, upper middle class people who can easily afford it would pay $30. I don't think underwriting their purchase of that is a useful thing to do. She was a little disappointed. This I said, but however, I'll do this. We were at that time bidding on the Brooklyn Cable franchise. There's always a rule, I think, when doing good, it helps to do well as well. <laughs> I always had a slight PR interest of the company, so that it was more than just uh, charity. I said, we would like to buy out the house for one of your performances and then give the tickets to various youth organizations, settlement houses in Brooklyn and have them attend. Well, this didn't thrill her as much as getting the money, but she accepted it. So that was an example. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it, all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Now, as I said, we tried to avoid the big showy deals that most corporations did with philanthropy as a PR instrument. However, I was unable to prevent my boss, Mr. Ross, from sitting next to Philippe de Montebello at a dinner party and I come back and I find out that he's just committed one million of my five million budget that year to underwrite a Manet exhibit at the Metropolitan. Well, this was kind of exactly what I didn't want to see us doing, but uh, uh, he was my boss and a, a wonderful one who mostly was, had his heart in the right place. 
So I said, fine, we agreed to do it. And at some point I'm told that I have to go up to the Metropolitan Museum and hand Philippe de Montebello a check for $1 million. Not an unpleasant duty. And when I get there, we start talking, chatting, and I said, look, I have to tell you a personal story here. I believe that I owe this to Manet. He was a little perplexed at what I meant. I said, I should explain that the one fine arts course I took in college, I nearly flunked the exam because I misidentified a Manet as a Goya, and that was considered such a thing. So I really kind of feel I owe it. He said, oh, that's very understandable. They, could, they had the Spanish thing. And so I said, Philippe, it's okay. You get the million dollars. You don't have, you don't have to tell me I wasn't an idiot. I was. <laughs> so that, in fact, led to, it was very interesting, we had underwritten a very lavish catalog for the Met. And the Louvre, which is owned by the French government, said they couldn't afford to come up with a comparably lavish catalog for the Paris because it was going from the Metropolitan to the Grand Palais in Paris. And I thought, the French government can't afford it, but we can. But we, we kicked in an extra $100,000 to, to the French museums so they could have a comparable catalog. And But again, always looking for a little kind of PR advantage here. I said, in return for this, could we have one privilege? He said, what's that? Can we have a special opening night invitation-only exhibit where before the show opens, we get to invite a group of people. And I, you know, we had very many business interests in France. And a dinner was put together and after the exhibit in a beautiful restaurant called Le Doyen, just across from the Grand Palais. And a absolute distinguished group of people from the French world of fashion, theater, movies, etc., was assembled. And the, woman, the PR lady who was running the event showed me the list and said, who would you like to have seated next to you? And I looked at the list and I said, well, that's, this is easy. Catherine Deneuve, <laughs> that's who I would like. And so they said, fine, I'll arrange it that way. Well, the night came and the only person who didn't show up who'd RSVP'd was Catherine Deneuve. And I got a woman named Alain de Rochas next to me, a sort of very important lady in the fashion world nice late middle-aged woman, uh, but not Catherine Deneuve. Anyway, that was a wonderful four years that I had of doing that. And then Atari collapsed. And all of a sudden, our ability to give away this kind of money it was tied to our net income. And we had to cut back on commitments. We had made a major commitment to the revamping of Central Park, which was one of the most important things for New York City. We had to, I'm afraid, go back on that commitment or cut it way back. And so this was not, this was not fun. And then within a year or two, I had left the company. And so I, my, my career as a philanthropist came to an end. If none of his stories were about you, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Who the Fuck is Roger Smith is recorded in an undisclosed bunker somewhere on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. All opinions are Mr. Smith's own, but everything he says happened because he was there. Bill Bergoli is our producer and editor. I'm Bill McCuddy.
Introducing the Deep Leadership Podcast. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former submarine officer who spent 22 years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Deep Leadership is real-world, actionable leadership advice from John and his expert guests. Become a leader worth following. Subscribe today. Electric Acid. Welcome to Transforming 45, the podcast that celebrates the incredible power of passionate voices. I'm your host, Lisa Boat. Join me in conversation with heart-led humans who share their deeply personal stories of transformation. Transforming 45 is here to uplift, connect, and remind you that it's never too late to write your next chapter. So get ready to be inspired, empowered, and transformed. Join me in this community where through powerful storytelling, we heal and reclaim our inherent magic. Electric acid. Electric acid.